wingtip. Good afternoon. It is August 7th, 2023. You're listening to A Little Column A, Little Column B, hosted by Will Limos and co-hosted by Zach Bishop. How are you doing today, buddy? What is going on, Will? It's 2023, and what we have going on in the world is a Japanese man paid over $20,000 to buy a very expensive dog costume. It is very realistic. He said he wanted to feel like he was an animal, so he spent the money, and then he was walked. He was walked because he's a dog. You can't have a dog off a leash in, uh, in, in New York City. was walked around the park. Have we gone too far? Uh Yes, uh, this sounds, actually, I just saw this on social media just recently. This is, trust me, we're, we're going to get there. It's somewhat related. It, it was uh, interviewing the dad and stepbrothers, and they were talking about the scene where he said he wanted to be a dinosaur when, when he was young. He wanted to grow up and be a dinosaur. He said that was entirely improvised, that the director came up and told him, I want you to go up to Will Ferrell and uh, John C. Riley and tell him, uh, I, want, I wanted to be a dinosaur when I was younger. And, the, and they just all improv that entire scene of them being like, well, you you could never be a dinosaur. You're you're crazy. Uh, I still am very much under the, the intention that I don't think you could be a dinosaur. So, you know, I'm sorry if I'm raining on your parade or, you know, tightening the leash a little bit on what we need to be doing here. But this is this is a bit much. This is a bit much. I like dogs very much. I'm very familiar with them. I'm, I'm, I'm familiar with a lot of breeds and a lot of emotions and, and nice things about him I, I i'm cool i'm good with them this doesn't sound like something i'd want in my house on my couch or anywhere near me is 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 that wrong if you were at the park no there was a dog no, and he didn't he didn't quite look right would you would you pet it no no he comes is, up to I'm, you I'm, and he, you know you're you're not all the way sure it's like this might be a real dog and you know he's, he's doing the, like the nose thing that dogs do I, I I have nothing to say here. I mean, I could make a vaccine joke right now. I could do a variety of things. I just feel like I'm the fool for even giving this guy the, the the day of light on such a popular podcast right now, on such a busy newscast weekend right now. There's so mm-hmm. much we could be talking about, and we're gonna take we're gonna give this guy some some attention. How how about we talk about the World Cup, which is not going so well. If you're an American, which we are, we're barely soccer fans, let alone that. But we. Unlike, I think, most Americans who who were like, I stayed up all night, I got up early for all that. We stayed up all night and got up all early for that <laughs> and and watched the games, and they, they were less exciting than soccer could ever be, I suppose. We we don't score – we score one goal in the last three games. We don't score any goals in the last two, and we struggle – we don't necessarily struggle, but I, I we don't score. And then we head into penalty kicks, and it's – it's kind of right there for the taking. It's essentially we have three shots to make it, and you win, and we blow all three shots. The more frightening part about it are the people that did miss, and there's some veterans on there. There's some naval people. I don't. I don't feel like trashing anyone right now. This isn't really a soccer podcast, but I know. I know you have some thoughts, and and perhaps you're going to be a little bit more critical of them. But I thought the Sweden goalie was great. Is is there anything? Are we missing anything here, or is this team just not? Ready? I mean, they struggle in the pool thing. I mean, what are you thinking? I'll, I'll say I'll start off that, no, I'm not a soccer expert. No, I'm not a women's soccer expert, but I am a, a sports fan. Maybe, maybe an expert sometimes, yes, sometimes no. But what I do know, if you want to win games, you have to score more points than the other team. And in soccer, that's scoring more goals. And four total goals over four games, one per game. And one of the times was against, uh, was it uh, – was it, was it Vietnam? 
I I, it, it I was, already it, passed. It, it, it was it, history. It, it was like it, yeah. It, it was the first one, and we won three nothing. And I remember even at the time being told like that's that's not enough goals. Uh, I watched them when they played the 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 Netherlands, and they we we were down at the the half. It was the first time being down at the half in in eleven years, and I started to sound the alarm because it wasn't just a ah, you know we're we're right there, but. You know, just some some weird things have happened. There's been some fluky things. It's like this, this team's the, the 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 effort's not there. Like we're just getting beat at all facets of the game. I tried to sound the alarm to you. You were having none of it. You were saying, "Oh well, you know, the Celtics they don't win by a hundred points every game," and you were trying to downplay it at every turn. So I tried to warn you about this, and then sure enough, Sunday rolls around. The last game I did not stay up for, which I'm very glad I didn't stay up for, where it was a zero zero tie. That would have very much infuriated me on a on a school night, but this was a Saturday into Sunday, so it's like, all right, I can you know I can plan my my time around this, and now we're into you know knockout round, and we're the best women's soccer team in the world. We're gonna find a way. Now it's no more messing around, kind of like you know this year the Celtics would have. It was only when their backs were against the wall that they really all of a sudden you know showed showed the life. So I, I I've dealt with teams like this before, and then no. The effort was much better, but they could just not capitalize. I agree with you that the uh, the, the Swedish goalie just had a, had a great game, but there are a lot of those shots that there just there was just no power. I mean, it was towards the towards the net, and then I, I guess I don't understand the the intricacies of the of the subbing, but it almost seemed like we were taking out some of our better players. So I, I didn't quite understand that, but that just might be uh, my, my my soccer ignorance. But I just thought there was there was no way we were going to lose. It's very uh, nerve wracking when you go to. Uh, penalty kicks because it just seems so fluky just whether it goes in or not but then we are absolutely in the driver's seat score and we win and didn't even give we didn't even force the goalie to have to make a save just air mailed him air mailed him and then on top of it that finish i cannot imagine that finish I looked at the picture on twitter so many times it does not get any closer than that i mean that's just like you know one of the top things or just you look at it to go just sports like where else does that minuscule amount and that you know our goalie made quite an effort and it was just confusing as a as an american and i don't know if it was for for other countries where when the referee is talking to the 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 woman that kicked it and gives kind of the you know the the, the hands across where like in football would be hey no incomplete so i'm thinking no goal no goal but then it turns out that means no that means game over that that was a goal that was that was good and this this thing is over women have their worst world cup ever i thought it made for some really good tv though that wait where the ref is is just is just listening in the ear and we're all just there's like players all around the ref they're all wondering is it good is it not good and then the first gesture is so confusing as you mentioned but that gap like i i feel like i aged in, in waiting to to find out all right did we just blow this or did we not like cuz for a second it was like i can't believe she pulled this off because it would have been a miracle save see she does pull this off it's an unbelievable save and it's so close it almost happens I, i'm going to defend U.S. women's soccer for a little bit here and just say that there are a couple challenges that happen. For sure, we're a dominant team, and, and for sure, I think there was higher expectations than than what we the outcome ended up being. But, you know, when you're doing these four-year time frames for your roster, I, I think you run into some really difficult challenges where your veterans either got to go 
or move on or not want to join or or you have to have young people that you trust it to kind of refill their spots. When you have this sort of dominance for so many years right now, I, I just felt like we we made up our minds years ago on the roster based on some old history when we probably could have had some younger people. Now, that I could be completely wrong about that. We put out a young team and they, they just look like they have no experience. They look, you know, they just maybe freeze in the moment. But I just feel like when you commit to these four-year terms, it's really hard to just judge on your roster of saying, like, is, is this going to be a little too old for so-and-so or are we better off with a 20-year-old? Now, a lot of our 20-year-olds actually really came through, even in the, the penalty kicks. I think some of the, the younger sub came in, and um, I, I think she scored. So the biggest frustration with penalty kicks is it, it's, it's very similar to I, – I don't even – I guess you just get to put the ball on, on goal, man. You have, no, you have no chance if you don't put it on goal. It's like the, the quarterback not getting the playoff before the clock goes on. You, you, the only way you can successfully complete this play is if you just shoot the ball on goal. You have a really good chance. It's a really challenging thing for the goalie to do. Just have to kick it that way and not kick it over the over the goal. Don't hit the post. Just put it on goal and give him a chance. You have a really good chance. The odds are in your favor. So when you kick it away and you don't hit it, you just removed all the advantages you had. And and, and I know that they're professionals. I know they're really good at this. So I'm just shocked of the of how challenging penalty kicks truly are and how poorly they, they played out. Three chances. This is like three PATs for, for a kicker. That's all you got to do. You had three chances and you win and we are where we are, but uh, any thoughts on the four-year thing? I, I just think that's hard, right? That's probably hard in basketball as well. I think we have the advantage of guys not wanting to play as long and just say, no, I don't want to go, so it's always young guys that just want to go. But when you're really good for a whole bunch of years, I see why young, older veterans want to come back and why teams are interested in bringing them back. But is that is that what went wrong here? That is such a lame excuse. Oh, well, you know, it's four years, and, you know, well, some of our players got older, and some of them are too young. Well, how would all you know? Teams, all the other teams played four years ago. It, it's not like our the rules are different for us, and we this was some obstacle that only we had to overcome. It, 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 then you're watching it, and you know it's halftime, and half the commercials are for women on the team that no one scored, and it really reminded me. Uh, uh, I, I say towards the uh, towards the end, but Baker Mayfield is still in the NFL, but it would be. Baker Mayfield throws a you know interception and two out of the four commercials in the commercial break are him for State Farm or whatever uh, insurance he, he was selling. Where this is a, you know why how how are you how are you in commercials like the, the, this is not working this is not working and I don't think that the four years is any sort of excuse. I think it's a challenge for every other team, and they're going through it just like they did right now. I, I think there's years where you're like, oh, yeah, no, these guys were really good whatever year, years ago, and I'm not sure if that building off that is always as true. I, I think there's a weird cutoff point, and like I don't know what it is. Any, it's not like they haven't played any soccer since four years ago. You have the, I imagine you've got warm-up tournaments, you have friendlies, you, you, you get to see how the team works. Well, then then I would have I would have coached this differently then. But that's easy to say because we lost now, but I, I just – it feels like the roster was constructed around a, a veteran team was that, that was just, almost like too conservative. Lost. I, I feel like it's we're not that we conser- just lost now and it's a surprise. It's we weren't playing well coming up to that. So I, I think it, something had to be switched, fixed earlier than this. Well, maybe if we had a young spark, we could have had some energy, and and that would have been a turn. I, that's, that's the only thing I could say to all this. I don't know what we're supposed to say. Like, I, ideally, this is like men's Olympic basketball losing. Like, this is yes, <laughs> this is. Like who am I? Who am I supposed to critique? This is this is the top dog right now. I'm supposed to say this didn't go well. Like it's really hard to start picking apart all of this. It's 
it, it, it easily could have won this game, and we could be moving on to the next round, and then they could win the whole damn thing. This happens. They they tied the game. They didn't lose by that much. They went into penalty kicks. They had three chances to win. It's not like they lost by a mile, right? This is really close. A loss is a loss. That's, sure. That's that's yeah, but that's that's not the bar that we're we're, we're saying that. If they had made it to the finals and this happened in the finals, maybe I could I could say that. But they were the favorite going into the tournament and they lost in in the Sweet 16. You know, they lost the first round of the knockout. It's the worst performance that they've ever put on. And I very I think that's a great way of looking at it is the uh, the men's basketball. If they had lost in the first uh, round of the knockout, even if it was close, say it goes to double overtime and they lose, it, this is the same thing. It's not ah well you know what they you know they put their best effort in. If this was the men's soccer team, oh we we made it to the knockout round. <laughs> yeah. Ah, we'll we throw had, a parade. Yeah, awesome we had job, three guys. kicks. We almost won. We had three chances. Yeah, we almost won. Yeah, we yeah. That's that's the that's the attitude. But. That is a that, that that's a loser that's a losing attitude and for the the, the men's basketball and for the women's soccer we don't have we shouldn't have that attitude we shouldn't be going ah you know what well we played them pretty close and you know that that that's pretty good it's like no we're supposed to be the best in the world I expect to be the best in the world I was told ahead of time we were going to win I wanted to front run I came on the team and then we didn't so I'm disappointed I I understand your disappointment but maybe you're misunderstanding the margin of how much better a good team in soccer is it's it's not that much of a margin you're never is it dominant too much? you're not is it too much to ask for a goal no is that no, too much to no ask? but I... they go over 200 <laughs> minutes with no goals i look red flags all over the place but they easily could have won all those games just getting one goal and then we could easily be saying they only scored two goals same thing right now but those one goals and each of those games would win them every one of the games and we're not even talking about this it's a small margin. It's zero to one. Couldn't couldn't you just couldn't you just easily say that the the opposite way though? It was so close. You know, we give up two more goals, we don't even make it out of the the, the group stage. Well, well, not giving up the goal is also just as much of a feat. That's not easy to do either. It's so if you it's like you did one half, but you couldn't finish the ha other half. It's like you didn't give up anything. Yeah, but you also well, just, I, apparently I, I you need that. to do both. I well, ob ob obviously, I I don't I just don't know. If we are trashing entirely one side of the team. So I, like the defense was fine. What was wrong with that? You know, our goalie was great. I, I, I agree. The goalie made a penalty kick. I was shocked when that happened. It was like, oh, is is this like a, a forced thing? Like after so many, your goalie has to do it? Almost like in, a, you know, college football, they've changed the rules where after so many, you can't kick field goals anymore or you can't kick PATs. You have to go to t for two just to kind of change the variance up. So I was kind of expecting the Swedish goalie to have to go after her. It's like, oh, man, she's been pretty good in the goal. I'm wondering if she's able to kick. But no, that was not the case. For so, I somehow she was the, the the best option there, which she she cashed that in no problem. I was I was really surprised by that. I I don't think it's as much of a shocking choice to, as you think. It's this is someone who studied the goalie. It's it's like knowing the defense and then having to go play quarterback. You know exactly what the defense is doing. Like you you have that I, all of that see, knowledge. I, I know. I, I and maybe it's just that the PATs are generally so easy, where it's just like you're kicking so close. And you can kick so powerfully that, you know, a lot of times if you could just make the goalie guess the wrong way, you should be able to to get it in. But you're saying, oh, well, you just need to know. But, I mean, there's a bunch of, uh, you know, pitchers that know exactly, you know, what, what batters are thinking and are amazing pitchers. But if you put them up at the plate, there's no way they're going to get around on a fastball. It's just they're not able to. It's it's far more practice than you think. The goalie has to know how to have touches as well. On the defense, all the time, the ball gets swung back to them. They have to know everything, and they're just as involved. I, I think it's a lot more in, 
and your approach to it of what you're angling, what you're because the goalie's trying to read you. They're going to read something off of you, and you want to mislead them on that, or you want to change it up at the last second. I think the goalie is used to that and good at that. That Not everyone's good at faking that. I, I think that's part of the pressure when you're going there where you've made up your mind, you know you're going to go to the top right, but you can't make it look like you're going to go top right. Because if you do, the goalie does have a 50-50 shot at guessing, and they're doing everything to get in your head this whole time. And, and I just think there's an advantage to knowing how that game's being played and just not falling for it. I'm fine with the goalie take the shot. I, I just think that they're it used works. to that pressure. They're used to it that works. pressure as well. If she's playing, she's in the zone. You know, are we supposed to bring someone who, who didn't even play or isn't even? This? That's exactly what we did. We brought in uh, Megan Rapinoe at what? I think there was there was only a little bit of time left, and then or actually, did we bring her? I think we brought her in. Did we bring her in an, an extra time, even after no. the fact? No, we so we brought in. She she came in probably with like 25 minutes left in the game, and and she was. Suppose she's our crosser. She's supposed to be the, the corner kick person. She does put the ball in play. We did have some opportunities with it, as well as when she was up for the penalty kick. I felt great. I was going to turn the game off. I was ready. I said she's up. This is exactly who I want kicking this. I'm so shocked by the result of it that I think that's part of the reason we're all we all feel let down right now is that we liked the odds of all of this. We liked who was who was signed up to kick the next ball and give us a chance to win this damn game. It's it's disappointing and it happens. It, it's. It's that close, though. We could easily win. And I, I don't know if I, I feel like I should punish a team for putting in a veteran who made the offense give, give us more opportunities. And I would have, if I could have handpicked all the penalty kickers, I would have picked her. So I, I'm not going to trash that. I can't I can't let that go in. I, the subs well, at no, the very I was end. I going to your point of saying you wanted someone that was in the zone that had been playing the whole time, where I was just saying she came in. But I guess you've been playing for like a half an hour. You're pretty pretty well formed up at that point. There, there were, well, then they played for like for 30 more minutes at, the, the bonus time and I and I do think it's impossible not to you're obviously trying to score but I do think at some point it switches to if we give up one goal right now this thing's over but if we just stall this until penalty kicks you kind of get those five chances to just stay alive a little bit longer you obviously want to score what did you think of the uh what did you think of the the announcing you know it was so early <laughs> that uh it's fine. I don't know. I, I really don't have any comments. It was so early. I can't say I was paying much attention to it. The uh, I, I don't know the, the the name of either of them, and they kind of they would throw it to the to the studio uh, a handful of times, especially with the uh, with the extra time. But one of the ways that I kind of judge an announcer and how much quality they have is how few how, how like few times they have to go and mention what the score is. And I felt like down the stretch, the guy just mentioned over and over again. It's a zero zero game. Hey man, could you tell me something? Like, could you teach me something about soccer? Something exactly. you know make make me smarter. I can look at the score and I know that it's zero zero. And telling me it's zero zero, and then one time saying, okay, after this it goes to uh, two fifteen minute halves. Okay, wasn't sure about that. I was like, oh, is it gonna be sudden death? And immediately there, after it goes, there's no and breaks. That's regardless, there's no breaks. What do you mean? It's not easy. It's not like you can just cut to a commercial. We'll be right back after this. He's live from the start to the end. There's no break. Teach me something. Okay, Don't just that's... keep telling me what the score is. <laughs> You're watching the World Cup. I know Cup. no one scored. You're watching the World Cup. I've been up since 4.30 go... <laughs> in the morning, and I'm, I know that there's no goals. This, this is the varsity game, all right? Go go study with the JV guys. You need an education right now, no, all right? They, no, that's MLS, not true. Messi, you watch a basketball Messi's game, in the I US. know about Go watch I, Messi. I watch I watch basketball games and the really good announcers, you you could still learn something. Even someone that's as plugged in as I am, 
if you have a good announcer and I notice it, it, it seems like it's more at the lower levels. Like if I'm watching more of a uh, uh, like an ESPN plus college game that more often the guy will just mention the score and it's just he has to talk. He has to say something. And that's a crutch that I think they use. And I thought that guy just used it over and over again. And it was just it did not. It didn't. It didn't add anything, and I, th- I thought they could have done better. I all thought right. they, you know, and, they need somebody else in there. And, and you don't think at all. He, he, you don't think at all that he's not experiencing what you're also experiencing is that this this dominant U.S. women's team is not looking good, and that he is now broadcasting this to a whole bunch of Americans in the middle of the morning or the middle of the night that aren't going to be that aren't going to be happy, that aren't going to like all of this, and that he, he may be a little nervous, man. You know, it's it's just. I, I'm not going to trash you. Somebody who's on air for 45 minutes straight, I'm not going to trash you. That's not easy. That's his job. It's it's still not easy. We, what are you talking about? We, right now, are on the air for over 45 minutes straight. Yeah, we'll be lucky if a dozen people listen. This guy's got a million people tweeting at him every hour saying his hair looks bad, all right? It's not easy. What are you talking about? I never even saw the guy. I, that's not the point. Nobody's doing that to me, all right? <laughs> Please don't do this to me. <laughs> and if anything, you want to do something to us, find an announcer that can teach Zach anything about soccer and send us those clips. He obviously wants to watch him. He's so desperate for knowledge. I just don't need to be told something that is displayed right on the screen. Multiple times, over and over again. Once in a while, you're resetting. There's something, but just seemed like it was, you know, telling us it's the 88th minute and the score is 0-0. Yes, those are the two things, like, all on the screen. Could you tell me something like, uh, you know, maybe their, the, the, the setup of their pattern or why we haven't scored a goal or why our defense is so good? You mentioned that, but I, I didn't think that they did it, and I think it could be improved. All right, well, speaking of votes and interest and intrigue, we did a draft last week. The votes are in. Zach, you have won one more time. You, yes. You won eight votes to a very fake six, which is probably more accurate four. Uh, but with all that, we decided we're going to do another draft this week, seeing how the popularity just continues to grow. And this week we said we do one for us, right? This this one's for us. So we're doing this is for this one's for us. It, we're doing uh, out of respect to the late and our favorite Tommy Heinsohn, who, if you're a Celtics fan in the New England area and ever got the chance to watch Tommy Heinsohn on the local NBC Boston broadcast with uh, normally with Gorman, almost always with Gorman, after the game, after every Celtics game, a Tommy Award would be handed out for someone who got the most Tommy points throughout the game. How do you get Tommy points? Well, normally you got to be a favorite of Tommy Heinsohn. That, that's for one. But what Tommy Heinsohn likes and likes to give out Tommy points for is just straight-up hustle, straight-up grit, generally not always the star. Sometimes it's a guy that, you know, you had to put the whole thing on on this guy's shoulders, and they will reward, you know, a, a heavy workload. But most of the time it's a guy that's almost undermined or an underdog of some form and and just kind of comes out of nowhere and does something that the team absolutely needed. It's a spark plug. It's it's a whole bunch of things. I'm sure you have your own definition of it, and those are all good characteristics, and there really isn't a wrong answer here. But we are going to draft our, basically, our, our top Tommy Ward winners, like the, basically the guy you think would be most likely to win the Tommy Ward when he's on the floor over any other guy. Is, uh, is, is that pretty much sum this up? Is there anything anything you want to throw in there? I... I agree with with everything that that you said, and it was uh, always fun. You know, throughout the game, you'd hand out Tommy points, and you get you get the Tommy Tommy award at the end just to kind of encapsulate all of it. But it was I agree with what you said that it 
wasn't necessarily the guy that scored the, uh, the the most points. Sometimes it had to do with you know sacrificing your body or just doing whatever it took to uh, to, to get the W. So yes, I am ready. All right, Zach. Well, uh, any comments on your victory from last week? I mean, is this continued dominance? What 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 can we know? What am I doing something wrong? Did I pick the wrong movies? Is it the first pick? Do you think it's that much of an advantage? I think sometimes the first pick can be uh, a huge advantage, but I think other times, I think last week, I don't think necessarily that the first pick. I thought the Duke had, one had much was. to do with it. The Duke one's the only one that I feel like I, I might have I might have done some things differently if I had the first pick, and and I'm not disappointed with my results, but I, I just I feel like that one there was a little less to pick from, but this one. I don't think there's really a wrong answer here, so I'm not going to really trash anyone. I, I will trash whoever the number one pick is, and and I, and I will not be quiet if there is a wrong answer. I just think you have a lot of good options here. Uh, all right, so with that said, let's kick it off here uh, with the first pick, Zach. What are we going with? First pick, easy one, Celtics legend. I think it helps, too, with the amount of time that you've played for the Celtics. So, easy one, Paul Pierce. Oh. He has the most... Tommy award winning uh, awards. So that just puts him right at the top. It's actually far and away more than any of the, uh, the other players. He's just played there the longest. Uh, after he, uh, he stopped playing, he kind of did the, the Kendrick Perkins another former Celtic. Just, there was a lot more of, you know, you just, you gotta try to get attention. You gotta say some crazy things. So, you know, I, I think that that has uh, tarnished what his, uh, his reputation is, but like, if you really dig down in, into the stats, all-time great Celtic, easy, but arguably one of the most clutch players. If you go look at it, he has uh, contributed to the most walk-off buzzer beaters in NBA history. He has seven buzzer beaters himself and five assists on buzzer beaters, and that combined is the most. Is there a, a favorite Paul Pierce play or, or game? Or, like what, what's What sticks out? I mean, I, I'll give one if you got, the, don't have the, one. <laughs> the... Uh, E easily easily oh actually can i do two i don't know if you don't do one i have one you do one i'll do the other one if it's the same one i'll let you do the other one it's uh the the drawing with al harrington then someone goes over to try to take al harrington's spot and al harrington pushes him away and says no and you can just see him going at it and it probably is tommy heinson or mike gorman i think it was mike gorman on the call saying you know the referee's telling him you know you know break it up break it up and Pierce is basically saying, I am going to score on you. I'm going to put it right in your eye. And that is exactly what he does. Huge three-pointer. And I, that, that that's my one. I was going to say the, I think he, what does he go for? 45 against LeBron in the conference finals and advances us. I think LeBron's still in Cleveland. LeBron has an incredible game. Yeah. But they go toe-to-toe. -to -toe. It's it's one of the best matchups. Like, that'd be a good rewatchable game just because there's two guys playing perfectly like the perfect game back and forth guarding each other which is something you don't always see a whole lot and playing probably the whole game both ways uh that that would have been my, my favorite pierce moment but the the the, the pants tug with, with harrington that's uh oh no no this is this this isn't harrington is that the same game i feel like there's a game with it's harrington and uh ron artest they pull on the on his shorts they pull him down and he hits the three no, it's not. Well, actually, I guess it could be the same game. But no, I was I was thinking of the, just no. It's the the one where he hits the the three over Al Harrington. Anyways, great choice. Do you want to know where he was on my list? Uh, sure. Wasn't on it. How? 
I don't know. I just felt like you got a little too much star power. I picked a bunch of underdogs that I wanted to talk about. And I, I truly thought you that's were going to. That's not all the, you know, the Tommy point definitely has to do with grit. But Paul Pierce had grit. The man was stabbed over the summer. I, I agree. Played, what I, was it, 81 games? If that is not Tommy worthy right there, as well as Tommy Heisen, Tommy Heinsohn was a winner. That's what he likes about those hustle plays. They lead to wins. And Paul Pierce led to a lot of Celtics wins. I'm not I'm not fighting the answer. I'm just more frustrated that I have ranked these through one through ten and I've done this through every draft and I've abi- I've just abided by because this is truly how I think it should go. These are the rankings. I'm I'm gonna trust what's on the board. And I have misjudged and misguessed this so bad and so poorly again that I have trapped myself into taking the number one pick that I thought you were gonna take because I thought Marcus Smart was the obvious choice at number two. And and that's that's what I'm I'm gonna take at number two here. I, I don't know what else to uh to add right now other than like that, that James Harden play where he wins the game off of like two charges. I think that's that just stuff Legendary. you don't I was I was I was thinking about that earlier today when I was going through that through that list. That game just sticks out more than any of the other ones. Two charges in a row, and we needed both of those charges that we were going to lose that game. That game was over. That I, game is over over ninety nine percent of the time. I I think that's just really defines what the Tommy Ward is, is making plays that no one else on the team could have made to get you a result that wasn't possible without you making those plays. Like that's, that, that's what this is. And him doing that against James Harden in, in a game like that, and a variety of games too. And I, I've trashed him for perhaps not having, you know, taking care of the ball or turning it over or not hitting the right shot and all that. But in terms of a Tommy point and an award and an accountability of a guy who's going to show up every game and play defense and, and give you those efforts, it's it's a characteristic you don't necessarily see in every player. You don't get to watch in every player. And I have no problem with taking him at number two. I thought for sure you were going to have him at one. Do you mind sharing with the listeners where you had Smart on your board? Well, I can't believe that known Marcus Smart hater Will picked him as his first pick. So I thought I was going to be able to get him as a – in, in in the next round or two, I, I just in terms of the grit, like this is this is the guy. Like I have a couple old school guys here too, but I just think a lot of the guys that I have written down on my list, and Pierce absolutely uh, uh, fill, falls into this, and as well as I'm sure everyone else on your list, they're just they gave the Celtics everything they got. Like I, I like there's some of these guys, like they they don't recover from any of this. They they don't get any of the credit from any of this. They they, they just they gave it all to us, and we had so much success with a lot of them, and. I just, I'm just, I'm grateful for a lot of it. Um, all right, I guess, I guess you're up. I, I feel completely blindsided now that I have Marcus Smart on my team. But uh, go ahead, number, number three. Who are you going with? Number three, maybe not quite the the, the legend that uh, Paul Pierce is, but still NBA champion. I'm going with uh, Rajon Rondo. Another tough guy, not necessarily in the same mold as a as a Marcus Smart, but definitely uh, the Orlando playoffs when. Uh, He's going against, oh, I can't remember who he's it's uh, on a, uh, the ball is deflected into the backcourt, and he just runs, dives before the other guy, gets up, makes the layup, the playoffs against Miami, when Wade very viciously and dirtily tries to break his arm, he goes into the back, you assume his season is over because his elbow broke, went, like, went the wrong way, still came back out. Uh, another thing you got to remember, it's like, towards the end of his Celtics tenure and kind of after he left, he fizzled very fast, but when he was like the guy, I mean, he he was like 
he put up some crazy stats lines against some really good players. And when he was still playing with some really good players, and he was playing with the big three, and he'd have these huge triple doubles before the whole he you know he was scared to you know get fouled and you know avoid a, you know avoid the foul line and then just way too uh, assist hunting. But like at the top, oh, he was always there, always getting on the ground, always making the right play, and so he is my my second pick. Very underrated defender. I think early on he's complimented for his defense and his dribbling and kind of the the coach on the floor. He's just super super high intelligence basketball IQ. I, I love I love Rondo. He was on my list. He was a little bit farther down on the list. I I just think he's a champion. I, I actually, if I were to pick like a moment of of Rondo, and ironically would probably be in those later years where we lose to Miami in the playoffs. But and it's kind of Rondo's team. We still have KG and Pierce and. I think Ray's gone at this point, but there's a couple of those series where Rajon Rondo is like the best player on our team and we're still competing in games. Now, we weren't quite good enough to, to defeat the Heat. We were definitely competing with them, and he was a main reason main reason why. Uh, love Rondo. The, the against LeBron. Against LeBron. Yeah, against the, the broken elbow thing. That's 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 legendary stuff. Uh, uh, great pick. He, he was a little bit farther on my list. I had him at sixth. Uh, all right, ready? Uh, number four. Who you got? This is a fun one. This is the fun. I should have. I should have got the clip. I should have got the audio for it because there's so many of them. You can go on YouTube and you can search Walter McCarty and you will find "I Love Walter" all over there from Tommy Heidson himself. I think this is almost the invention of the Tommy Award. I, I think this is the first time anyone actually really started to care about it. Was when this guy just started in clutch threes, getting messy all over the floor, and, and just being this momentum shifter. Like th- this was like the the Robert Horry guy of the Celtics I would say where the ball would just find his way to him at the end of the games and you would always be relieved because it always seemed to always work out it wasn't who you drew the play up for it wasn't who the other team was really worried about shooting but there was a confidence in it and I thought he made a bunch of big plays I I love Walter I thought Tommy Heinsohn loved him and you can find clips of him saying this and was Walter even on your list uh no no but there's there's a little bit of a there's a little bit of a problem here. I guess we didn't talk about it before uh, right before here, but I thought you said post two thousand three. He's on the two thousand three team. So, but that's it. He's just there for the one year. We're like, I get Paul Pierce for like his whole like or for a lot more of his career. I have all of Rondo's career for Walter. You just get him for the one year. We're just doing a singular game. We just think who's gonna get it at who's most likely to get it for a singular game. Okay. I just right. wa- I wanted to th- – all right, I feel like we we constantly get trash. We're not throwing in the younger, the old movies, the old whatever. I thought this was one where it fell into the rules. There is a clip of him you, winning the Tommy Award as Walter McCarty. You're absolutely right on Tommy saying, Walter. So I, I, I just thought that's the first time I ever really remember caring about the Tommy Award and being like, oh, I, I, I'll give you a Tommy point. That's a, I love Walter. Tommy, Tommy points, Tommy points. So I – I, I just feel like he, he falls into this and he should be in the draft, and, and I'm putting him in there. All, every Celtics fan is going to agree with me, too, because when we sucked, it we really sucked. It was brutal. But there'd be these there'd be these huge games that we would somehow be in the game of, and it'd be purely because this guy hit two threes that he had no business hitting, and he would do it all the time. <laughs> I, I, I love Walter. I, I don't think there's a wrong answer in all this draft, but I'm, I'm going with that. Uh, you're, you're up with the fifth pick. What do you got? With the fifth pick, I'm going with one of the one of the ultimate tough guys. Same era. I'm going Kevin Garnett. Just 
what just he I I think about him and he's just he's he's angry and he's just all of that rage and just he just wants to win. And like I said, Tommy Heinsohn was was a winner and KG was gonna do whatever it took to win. And definitely when he first got on the Celtics, he could do it on the offensive or the defensive side. Whatever you needed, he could hit clutch shots down the stretch if you needed. And he was also, he could lock down the other guy's uh, big man. And he was not scoring. And he was going to berate him. And that's why I'm going with Kevin Garnett as my next pick. A huge shift of all Celtics culture. Pierce is great. Nothing to take away from him. But the second Garnett walks in, there's a seriousness and a business take to no more messing around. That's just suddenly alive and infused within the whole team. I love Garnett. I love the effort. I mean, this guy tries so hard, he plays defense after the whistle and is now famous for it, of blocking the ball and stopping and goaltending shots after the whistle, after the foul. He doesn't Something stop. that still happens. That he invented. He's I, been out of the league for a while now, and that still happens in games at any level where you're big enough and able to jump and block block a shot or, like, goaltend. Love Garnett. Love the winning. Love a champion. All right, next pick, number six. I'm going to go with Isaiah Thomas. I love the winning. I love the victory. I haven't actually picked any champions for the Celtics. You have picked nothing but champions. I understand the flaw of my list, but I also mm. just feel like this guy couldn't have given the Celtics anything more than they got. This was such an undeserving team to some degree where we weren't even really trying to compete. We were sure weren't tanking, but our expectations weren't anywhere near of where this guy took us to conference finals, to a whole bunch of things. I hate the way it all played out. There's a very bad ending to it. I don't feel good about it. I understand the business side of it all. But when I look back and I watch these highlights and I look at the joy of how happy I was during the era of this team of just saying, I don't know what it is about it. I don't, I don't know if it's just because they're underdogs or that this guy's undersized or that he's going through family troubles during the the, the, the playoffs that are crazy. It, he's having 53-point games and winning us games. Like that's that's amazing. This guy's five six, five seven, and and certainly was when he was traded to Boston had nowhere near the expectations of where he took us. I, I don't think anything else defines the time point more than overcoming everything. And this guy, I can't think of anything he could have overcome more other than just actually getting to that championship. And if he's healthy, perhaps that one year where we we take LeBron and Young Tatum, you know, to Game Seven which he's not even playing because he's got the messed up uh, what is it, elbow or something at the time. I don't know. Maybe we go somewhere with it. But I, I love Isaiah Thomas. I, I think this is absolutely a Tommy Ward guy of just being an undersized person and overcoming a whole bunch. Uh, did you have Isaiah on your team? Or on your, on your uh, list? He prob probably was, a, was an honor honorable mention. Oh, man. I, I'm, we're on completely different lanes here. I love it. All right. Uh, you're up at number seven. Number seven, oh, I can't believe that he he lasted this long. This one, this one's a easy one for me. Went to Duke, now on the Celtics. Jason Tatum, another guy that's gonna come through for you in the clutch when we needed him in that uh, that game seven against the Sixers. Set the record for game sevens. You know who wasn't scared of game sevens? Tommy Heinsohn. Love Jason Tatum while he was there. And, you know, definitely not necessarily the uh, the lunch bill guy that some of these other guys are. But when you need a bucket, Jason Tatum's going to get you that bucket and help you get the get, get the win. One of the one of the best Celtics that we've had in uh, in recent memory. Not even on the list. Not even an honorable mention. It didn't even make the top 20. I wrote down 20 names. 
that, that, that was a mistake. Yeah, it's, it's very much a recency bias. I'll appreciate it more once we actually get this thing, but for right now, I'm still frustrated. I'm not saying that he doesn't deserve to be on there and that he doesn't play hard. I, I just think there's been some games that scratch my head that remind that are just a little too much uh, recent, recent memory. And I'm just like, I don't know what happened that one. Uh, it's it's uh, no wrong pick. Absolutely tries hard. Absolutely come up clutch. Huge games. We've been to the finals. We'll hopefully have more to add to the story, unlike a lot of the other guys on this list. Uh, next pick, number eight. All right, I'm picking my first champion. I'm going to go Tony Allen. I think, ah. any, I think anytime the late, great Kobe Bryant says this was the best defender and something that he probably would never acknowledge and never really want to ever acknowledge and kind of openly acknowledge that Tony Allen was the guy that gave him the hardest time. Tony Allen was the guy that would fight him for the spot, that wouldn't fall for the pump fakes, would follow him, chase him everywhere, anticipate everything, and was just really good at defense. I, I, I think the, the grit and grind of Memphis, he gets a little bit more credit over there, but this started in Boston, and this is very much where that, that kind of originated. That, that Boston defense was excellent, and he was one of the main reasons why. Being able to throw him at Kobe and not necessarily have to throw you know, any, of the, any of the other guys was a huge relief. It was a huge advantage to have this guy on the team. Uh, unbelievable Tommy Ward winner. Just I, the, the, Kobe's, the Kobe defense in 08 alone, I, I think that's, that's enough, uh, enough to be worthy of this list. Uh, any, uh, any favorite Tony Allen stories? Well, I wish that you had let me know that you were going to take Tony Allen right there and that you didn't even have Jason Tatum on your list at all. And then I could have had both of them if I had just drafted Tony Allen first because he was definitely on my list. He, he definitely was, belongs there. Very unfortunate with, with his injury. Just a lot of uh, what, what could have been. But I agree with you when Kobe says, yeah, that guy plays some real defense. And he absolutely did. You know, lost him to the, the, the grit and grind. Uh, Grizzlies, same way we lost Marcus Smart. I think there's a lot of parallels there, but no, can uh, you know you, you stole that one from me? All right, uh, you're up at number nine. Who are you going with? All right, last one. So I really got to make it make it a good one. Kind of in the actually the same vein as as Tony Allen and, and your Marcus Smarts. Kind of before, well, I guess kind of you know around the same time, but uh, you know before that, but definitely before Smart. Uh, Avery Bradley. He was a guy that was known for his defense, was known as the guy that you know was locking up the other team's best guard, went through uh, a lot of struggles. You were definitely uh, not a fan for a while. It took you a while to uh, to to come over to his side, you know, once once he he improved, but always a guy that was going to try his hardest. He he was not going to give up and that's why I think Tommy Heinsohn would have him as the uh, the Tommy Point uh, award winner. I had him at number 7. What does that tell okay. you? All right, I had him at seven. I went back and I watched highlights, and as much as it frustrates me that for it feels like forever of his career he couldn't actually shoot, and he actually got a, a decent jumper, especially a mid range and a corner three, by by his like mid years. It, it feels like he played forever. Like he he managed to get on this team when we were super competitive and we got something out of him. But the anticipation on the steals, he's just taking cookies from everyone a whole bunch. You go look up highlights; it's not hard to find Avery Bradley stealing the ball from a whole bunch of good players and giving a whole lot of people trouble. There's a lot of highlights, too, of him kind of pressing people that something nobody really does anymore and just getting away with it. It's, it's pressing everyone on full court and just sneaking away. Some of them he steals the ball and shoots a three in the corner. Like, that happens more than once in, throughout this guy's career. I, I just – I think he falls between the cracks. He will probably never be appreciated. Like, I I can't imagine – like, are we going to retire his number? We're not going to retire his number, right? Like – I don't think so, but he did have that uh, that game winning buzzer beater that 
probably wouldn't have been a buzzer beater, but it, it bounced around for so long to prevent us from getting swept. So didn't prevent us from, from losing the series, but at least made it a little more, uh, you know, lasted, lasted a little bit longer. And you, you got you to gotta hit game winners if you, if you want to win Tommy Awards. All right, how about we do honorable mentions before my last pick? And I'll tell you if, oh, uh, if, oh. you, get, if you get any of them. Oh, the, yeah. Uh, what do you got for honorable mentions? Uh, for honorable mentions, well, you're not gonna like you're not gonna like this one because I got Jalen Brown. I thought he was gonna get taken. There's definitely some some recency bias there. You know what happened in the in the conference finals, but he's a guy that has won lots of Tommy awards in the past, and I think that he can rise to the occasion even above Tatum. You know, at, at any moment. Uh, Ray Allen, I think that uh, that whole relationship was kind of softened, but that kind of stuck with my picking champions. Al Horford. Ding, 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 and then ding. That's, that's, that's the guy? That's number 10. Right. I went with Al Horford. I I just think the, the defense, the leadership, the leadership, I can't under, I can't like overestimate how helpful that has been. Because there was an era where we chose not to pay him. He goes to Philly, who gave him an exorbitant amount of money, basically just to pay him to not play against them. That's, yeah, to not to not guard uh, Embiid. His, his defense on Embiid not being able to double him is is, is a luxury. It's it's very similar to you know Kendrick Perkins and kind of advantages that Celtics have had in the past. Of uh, being able to do single coverage on guys is a huge advantage that where other teams almost have to double. I I, I think that and then his three point shooting. I think that Al has had a career where if he just wins one ring, I think it's good enough for a Hall of Fame talk. Like I really think it is that. I think he just needs one ring. And it's got to be – he's still got to start. Like, this can't be – he can't get the one ring and come off the bench this year. It's, he has to start. He's running out of time. But I, I do think, like, he's that close, and he's come that close. He's been very competitive throughout his career. Hasn't always made a whole – hasn't made a lot of finals or anything like Reinvented that. Reinvented himself. I, for sure. I think sure. he had the second-highest three-point percentage last year. And I know the playoffs threes did not go well, and we kind of killed him for all that. But he also kind of got to be Small reminded. Small sample size. Well – He's been doing this for a long time. I mean, this guy was a Joakim Noah teammate. Like, you know, this is he's still doing it. So when he when he doesn't have a great three point shooting game at, at his you know whatever age he's at, like you know maybe, maybe that's just kind of normal. Maybe we're a little crazy for almost expecting him to be you know a, a younger person. He's just not. So I I'm, I love Al. Nothing but nice things to say about him. I think the leadership part of it all is is a huge factor to it of just kind of keeping everyone in line on this team and it's just been the perfect vet that fits into uh, everything that they're trying to do so i i think tommy loved him i'm sure worthy of a whole lot of tommy awards here um my honorable mentions so i just ranked him uh that my top 10 i went with marcus smart walter mccarty tony allen isaiah thomas al horford rajon rondo avery bradley uh, paul pierce james posey aaron baines uh, and then uh, I, some other these names I just wrote down. I freaking love Marquise Daniels. I don't know if you remember Marquise Daniels, Delonte West, <laughs> uh, Greg Steensma. <laughs> uh, that was that was the one when you. I was, I was sure you're gonna move on. I don't think he ever actually won uh, a Tommy Award, but <laughs> that one game, and I think it was a season we were just terrible. And Tommy, you know, he had like a couple blocks in a row. Probably like over like Christmas break or something. It's the beginning of the year and comparing him to, to, to Bill Russell. Just <laughs> Tommy, Tommy is absolute best. It's like the only reason I'm going to ever really remember Greg Stevens Stevens is because of that. <laughs> uh, Tony Petit, Jonas Jarepko, Eric Williams. Eric Williams is a good one. I probably could have thrown him in there. It's just the problem is 
is we actually had like a bunch of successful eras now with the Celtics. I know we only won in 08, but we've been competitive basically for the last you know 13 years, maybe more, 15 years. Uh, and and when you played in an era that wasn't in that, it, it's kind of hard to crack the list. But uh, I think Eric Williams in in the right mind uh, probably probably maybe gets mentioned on some of these lists. Uh, uh, this is fun. I'm I'm, gl- I'm glad we got to do this. I I don't know if I feel good about winning this. Uh, I don't know if I'm ever gonna win these, but I I think people are listening, and I thank you all for listening. And I'll thank you even more if you subscribe. Now there's a couple different places you can subscribe. You can subscribe on Spotify. You can follow us on our Facebook page, Little of Column A, Little of Column B. Uh, you could also vote on there for the draft, and that's going to decide the first pick for next week if we do continue on to do this. If it won't decide a draft, it'll decide something else. We'll make sure there's always stakes on something here. Uh, but give us a follow, give us a like, and give us a download if you're not doing that as well. So subscribe, subscribe, subscribe. Uh, anything you want to add for the, the Tommy Point draft? Yes, uh, follow us on uh our Twitter page getting getting a nice fresh relaunch uh, this week. Uh, LCA LCB podcast. Uh, hopefully, we can get back to regular sports. There was a little bit of football that happened in the past week. Is is that is that something we should talk about, or should we talk about Jimmy Butler's summer camp? Because I'm a little bit more interested in that. All I just wanted to mention was football is back. <laughs> I did watch the the Hall of Fame game. There was a delay because they play it where the Hall of Fame is. Uh, not at an NFL stadium, and so the lights went out for a little bit. Uh, but we still just—it's been a long time since there's football, so they're just just a little bit, and you know it was more on the background. Obviously, it's the Hall of Fame game, so no one, uh, no no starters are playing. But Zach Wilson's out there—that's a name that I've heard before, and so I just I just enjoyed it. But yes, we can definitely get to uh, Jimmy Butler. He is having a basketball slash cheerleading camp. The camp costs. Uh, about $350 to attend. But if you would like uh, even extra perk, you can play, you can pay uh, just under $700 to play Jimmy Butler uh, one-on-one. Does this interest you at all? A little bit. Uh, there, there are cameos where the guy just says hello to you and maybe cracks a joke if you're lucky. Says your name. I don't know. Just something like that for far, far, far more. This is you actually to physically get to play against him. And the only barrier to entry is you got to get into the camp. And I... I I'm sure that's not the easiest thing to do, but it sounds plausible. I, I'm not saying that I'm recommending you, you use this money in, in, to do that, but if, if money's not a thing and you have an opportunity to do this, I mean, what other world are you going to be able to play Jimmy Butler in one-on-one in? Like, like, Why would you want to play Jimmy Butler one-on-one? I don't know. What else could $700 buy you? It can't buy you that. You're, you're paying $700 plus to lose. Uh, yeah, I'm not playing to win. I'm I'm playing to play Jimmy Butler. I, I, you don't think that there's something cool about that? You're gonna lose to him. It's I, I don't think that's gonna be fun at all. I could say I did. He's, I, he's I, gonna he's gonna trash talk you. He's uh, gonna dunk all over you for sure. And I get to say everyone like I played Jimmy Butler in one on one. What have you done? Who have you played? <sighs> who have you played? Come on, yeah. Who have you played? Who, who have you even played anyone that can dunk? I, I mean, come on. You're writing down community service hours where you're playing with every Sunday now. Well, I'm not playing on Sunday. I'm playing on Tuesday nights. Totally different. Under the lights. <laughs> Same age group. You're, I, I don't. I don't get what. I don't get what you're. You're. You're, you're going to brag about to people that you. You lost to Jimmy Butler in in one on one. So it. Could Could you pay him a little bit more and, and just get to like shake his hand and have him say one nice thing to you? Would you rather that? I'd rather play him one on one. I feel like I'm getting a hell of a lot more in the one on one than just a cameo of hello. Well, 
I, I'm not saying it in this article, but when I had done a little research for this uh, last week, I, I believe that the one-on-one game is to uh, one. That's a little less exciting. That, that's I'm, I'm yeah, a little. So it's not like you're out there for 20 minutes. You're out there for maybe 30 seconds. I mean, I, I was hoping for five. All right, I, if this could last as long as a, a decent roller coaster ride, you know, three and a half minutes, I think I'd be okay. I don't think it's gonna last that long. I don't think so either. But you're not concerned you're gonna get hurt. I'm for sure. Well, if it's one point, I feel better about the hurt. But I'm not playing to win. I'm playing to say I play against Jimmy Butler. What do you think I'm gonna try? I can't. There's no positive outcome to all this. He might run you over. He's going to run me over. I'm going to wear shoulder pads. All right, I'm going to be ready. I'm gaining weight right now just for it. I'm, I'm ready. All right, next year, I don't know if I have any eligibility for whatever high school cheerleading camp this is, but I, I'm going to I'm going to find some and we're we're going to set this up. This is with. <laughs> All right. So is it more? Is is it the dollar price point or is it more that it's Jimmy Butler? Because there is also an option that you could play Andre Drummond one-on-one, and that was only $300. No, I want Butler to talk trash to me for, like, three minutes. I don't think I can handle anymore. But I, there's there's something. Butler was going to play into this. I think Butler is going to give you your money's worth, and it might be something you're not asking for, but you're going to get it. Whereas the Drummond, I, I think there's just going to be something about seeing a large human being like that that's going to blow your mind, and I'm going to be uncomfortable standing next to him. I would be uncomfortable standing next to any of these guys, but he – is a foot taller than Jimmy Butler, and Jimmy Butler's a foot taller than me. So that's, I, I don't know. I, I'm not tall enough to ride this ride. All right, this is this isn't what I'm signing up for. It's also this. Okay. What, what what's if, uh, what what about Anthony Simons? That's three fifty. I could get lucky and he could shoot and maybe misses. I don't think he will. I see Jimmy's not going to settle for a shot, and I'm not stealing the ball from Drummond. I mean, he's just too strong. But but Simons could settle for a shot. And despite him averaging one of the like top ten percentages in the league for three point percentage, I, I still think there's a chance it doesn't go in. And then 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 I get the ball. Like, could I even just touch the ball in this game? If they start with the ball, you're not touching the ball. Oh no 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 no! I I don't even know if, even if I start with the ball, I don't know if I'm gonna have the ball very long. This is a, uh, I, I I like it. These I, are NBA players. Oh for sure. I you, I'm not training C- for this. Current. These are current NBA players. These aren't even retired NBA players. So you don't think he'd miss? No, I don't think so. Yeah, I don't either. I don't think you'd miss either. <laughs> I think they are just lining this up and raking in the cash in in a half an hour or just making bank just real quick. Yeah, you know what else is going to be rough too is I guarantee every one of these guys I could straight up foul and it's not going to make any difference. I can Not hug, even a little bit of difference. I, I could hug I Butler think, and he would take me for a ride. Yeah. I've Yeah, I you know what? I'm glad that you mentioned that because now that I think about it. Any of those guys. Yes, I think if there were no fouls, I could do whatever I wanted. I could try to take a swing. I could try to wrap them up. I, yeah, I think they would still score on me in very, like so quickly. I would hurt myself trying to hurt them. Absolutely. Probably. Like almost definitely. They're elite athletes. All right, did we milk enough out of this topic? I don't know how we got this much. <laughs> Just, you know. <laughs> it's, in- it's interesting. You, like, I didn't even think about it as the, uh, as the cameo option where – you know your angle where i'm thinking like oh well you're gonna play like you're gonna get worked and it's gonna be really fast but yeah i guess if you're paying for 30 seconds where you actually get to meet jimmy butler and you're a huge jimmy butler fan maybe you, know, you don't care so much about getting to lose just like hey i was on the court at the same time i got to meet him and it wasn't just a hey here's a, a, a voice voicemail so that's an interesting angle i dude there's look talk to your office crew man go go talk to those actors ask tell me how much they're charging for their cameo it's 
it's up there, and you're not getting nearly as much of an experience as I think you're getting with the one-on-one here. All right, I'll, uh, have, to, I'll have to. I'll take take a look and do some research. Uh, all right. What do you? Let's go with uh, some conference realignment here. I guess this is this is over. Like, should I should I play like what, what's the sad music of like uh, something something's ending? What's coming to an end? I don't, something something. Is this funeral songs? What do we play the organ? It uh. It, it sure looks like the Pac-12 is it, it is done. And they label themselves the the Conference of Champions, all on the West Coast. They did a weird TV deal where they had the Pac-12 network. A lot of the conferences are doing it, but they made it harder to you know they weren't aligned with ESPN, so it made it a little bit harder to you know get access to it. Where it was a little more of a standalone, as well as if you're on the East Coast, a lot of these games are starting late. So some people like that. Some people are saying, "Hey, like you start at ten thirty. I'm not. I'm not watching that." So they missed out on a, on a lot of viewers. It was kind of the a real red flag when U, USC and UCLA joined the Big Ten last year. But on Friday, they had five teams leave, uh, both to the Big Ten and to the Big Twelve. And there are only only six teams left, I believe. So, I it, like they're they're going to need to get more if if they're they're hoping to kind of stay afloat. But I, I think it's going to be tough to do. But I think we we go through this. Uh, I don't know every decade or so, and there's just some some big realignment that happens, and the 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 rich seem to to be getting richer. And I don't think we're necessarily too far away from a from from some sort of super conference. But yeah. Is is that bad? There was, there, there, is that bad? There was are rumblings. We, are you against the super conference? Because every time we do this, I, I I ask you, I'm like, well, why 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 did the team leave? Like, what is what are, what are they offering over there that th- this team can't offer? Like, the college football, the football makes money. Like, how how can you not match that? And the idea is you just can't match it. So, the, what are they? What is everyone doing wrong here? They're going to greener pastures. Is that really? Like, I'm supposed to be mad at you for that? This is like Jalen Brown getting big money right now. He, he deserved it. He earned it. He's qualified for it. He has the ability to get it. Isn't that what every other team should be doing here? I think it can. It, it hurts some of the, the the regional rivalries that get broken up. I think for football, and football is one that drives this. They make the most money. So for football, it's oh yeah, you got to travel once a week. All right, but if you're, you know, a, a smaller sport, and now you're USC and you got to go play at Rutgers. I mean, that's a cross country flight. I mean, it's one thing to have to do that for a major championship that happens maybe, you know, once a decade. I mean, depending on how, how good your team is, but this is the regular season now. This is going to have to happen all the time. And I think that it, it's going to be tough. And I'm wondering, you know, with, it, with it being more expensive for schools, it, you know, maybe football is able to, to cover it for, for all the other schools, but I just get concerned where. You know, the, the saying is pigs get fat, hogs get slaughtered, and just the greed gets to be too much. And then this all comes crashing down where it was at a good level. Everyone was making good money, and it's just the suits got, got, got too too greedy. I, I wonder, you know, you're hearing about how ESPN is doing layoffs, and they're, you're hearing how the, the, you know, the cap's going up in the NBA because of the TV deal. And just it's like, well, how can both these things be happening? How can all this money be flowing to the leagues if these TV markets are are struggling? And I just, I, I, I just, just concerned that 
if if the greed gets to be too much and then this all comes crashing down and then we lose out on college football. I I do think that this is going to have a huge shift on college gambling in, in the betting. Like you're going to be have that that long travel is going to be playing a huge factor in it if it hasn't already in in the past. Like oh they're coming they're going from west to east, you know, they're going to they're going to be tired. You're going to be factoring in that the other team's getting an extra point or whatever for it. I or the, weather. Weather, you got, you know, USC that now has to go play Wisconsin and it's late November. And they're coming from practice where it's 75 and sunny every day. And it was Wisconsin. It hasn't gone above, above 10 in a, in, a, in a week. And the ground is rock hard. I, I do agree with you that the loss of traditional rivalries is is a loss. Like, I, I think back to, you know, even just Syracuse now being in the ACC of, you know, some some of that old old rivalries with the, the Big East and all that, and of how that's very different than the way it is now. The you know, Syracuse program is, is different than it is now, and they might not ever recover post-Beheim now, so that's very much an end, end of an era. But I, I do think, like, what's the newest rivalry that exists now? Like, is is it just old ones? Like, how do we recreate new ones now that we have these new conferences? It's... Does an incident have to happen, or they just have to play every year for ten years before it becomes a rivalry? I, I think it's almost like a nickname. You can't force it. You yeah. can't say this. This is our rival. This is how it works now. Whenever you do that, that's that's the school that gets laughed at because the other school just looks back and says, "All right, little brother, you we're we're not rivals." So I, I don't think it's something that can be forced. Yeah, but I. All right, then how how do we how do we make it? Because I think I think we need that. If we get that, this is fine. I th- if you can get that feeling of excitement of like, oh my god, these two are playing. That's right. These guys hate each other every year. Which you know, it's as if it's as if they're not trying any harder to beat every other team, and that this is the only game that they turn I up for. I think what you're doing is you're 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 trading off. So you have these better teams going to these bigger conferences. So there's less, ideally. The, the whole talent of that league goes up. So rather than, hey, these teams used to play each other. There's, you know, they've been playing each other for 60 years and there's a rivalry there. It's, hey, these teams are good this year and they're not in different conferences. So they will play each other. Well, I think the talent, I think the competition got better and the talent will get better with it. And that'll hopefully lead to better football and better games and perhaps uh, better rivalries. I don't know, be better, but it could be rivalries. That's what they need. That's all they need. It's just weird. I think I think your question your question is very fair because well, nobody likes change, and so it's a good thing to ask. Of is this really a bad thing? And I try to be resistant to it because you're just always going to remember sports from like a certain age. Where so let's say you know the Big East, you know when Syracuse was there, you know that was when I was in college. So that's kind of where that's how you know it used to be. But if you went 10, 15 years before that, there's somebody that's 10 to 15 years older than me that's saying, well, this is how things used to be. I, you know, I wish it had stayed like this. And there's a guy that's 30 years older than me that's you know, saying the exact same thing. Yeah, I, I, I think even with everything everyone's saying there, I think everyone will still say, like, those original rivalries are second to none. You know, the, the what, Michigan, But you know what Ohio's- I'm doing? Next year, when USC is playing at Rutgers at you know, noon, and I've gambled on the game, I'm going to be watching USC at Rutgers at noon, and I'm not going to go, oh, I don't know, these these volleyball players, they had to travel so far because they're not on my TV. You know, so 
I think there's some, something to be part of that that I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm hesitant, but it's not going to stop me from watching college football. It's not going to stop me from watching college basketball. That's for sure. Hey, man, can you just let the Rutgers campus live a little bit? They get to travel to USC now. You keep looking at this the other way. Let them have a little fun. They're in college. You're absolutely right. <laughs> yeah, you know, the you New know, Jersey, you I, can go to New York City all the time, I, but now you can go over over to L.A. Yeah, you're right. Did, did, didn't have bit. any interest in joining the team, but, you know, now they, they checked off L.A. for two weeks. You know, maybe maybe I'll, maybe I'll yeah. give a try out a try, you know, just uh, go to the tree outs, you know. <laughs> uh, all right, well, that, that's all we got for us today. I'm not sure if we're going to do a draft next week or what it's going to be, but it'll be something worthy. I promise, as always, we'll prepare and do everything we can for it. Well, I'm thinking maybe what we do is we do one more draft. We give you one last chance, but preseason games, you know, the Hall of Fame game, that's kind of a standalone. But this weekend, all the teams are playing preseason games. We're going to have to start doing NFL conference and uh, division previews. We're getting there. I, I think we'll line this up just perfectly once the, the season kind of gets going. And we'll we'll definitely incorporate that into the upcoming shows. I'm very excited to do our picks for football. Those will be back. Might have a couple extra twists. We also have uh, a beer mile coming up. That's probably about a month away. If we just got to lock down a location and and uh, coordinate some 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 filmography with some people, and uh, it'll happen. But yeah, football's here. I, I can't believe we're already through August a little bit now, and uh, we'll be back next week with a whole lot more.